While you were singing, George, let me balance, please. While you were singing that song, I searched all eternity long. Sing it again, just a chorus for us, Mother. I could search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. A thought came to my spirit while we were singing that chorus. Obviously, we sing it unto the Lord. believe I received a spark of inspiration from God and I felt as if the Lord spoke to me he says you know while that's true of you seeking me through all eternity and he's found none like we found none like him he said just think about it that's been my desire I looked through all of eternity and found none like you so I created you in my image oh, yes. and in my likeness. That's it. And God said, you are the joy of my life. Amen. There was a time when the word of the Lord had to come with judgment and criticism, anger, But that was only because God was so jealous of protecting the revelation of his purposes. See, God wanted this generation and generations that have come since the first hundred years of this millennium or previous millennium to understand that he had provided a way of redemption for all mankind. The promise that he gave to Adam and Eve in the garden was fulfilled. And he wanted it to be so understandable that when we looked at it, we could come to no other conclusion and that this is the reality of that promise. So he had to keep Israel in line. He had to make sure they were following his process because this was the diagram. This was the type. This was the shadow of what was to come. And because there was no reality yet, the shadow had to be as exacting as it could possibly be. For 4,000 years, God gave evidence of what he was about to do. Therefore, everything that he spoke to Israel as his chosen nation had to come to pass exactly. It wasn't that God was a God of vengeance and vindictive of the ways. If you didn't do it, say what he wanted. He, he was guarding his medium of revelation 
so that you and I could look back over that history of 4,000 years and say, huh, I see the reality. I see the prophetic. I understand it. So God had to be exacting with Israel because his purposes wasn't just for a monolithic nation that were going to represent him and for a temple that was going to contain his personhood. And God was not to be limited in time, nor was he limited in nationality. Yes. God so loved the world. And he wanted evidence of that love to be manifested so that you and I, 2,000 years after the cessation of the temple worship, could look back over the course of history and see all the evidences that God put in the historical account and say, you know what? Jesus truly is the Son of God. Because all the prophecies, all the revelations pointed to Him and pointed to our salvation. I know of my, I am secure in my salvation. Not just because I read it in the Bible. Not just because someone told me about it, but because I have a 4,000 4, year historical record which showed me the truth. I believe because I see what God has done. So that was the reason that God had to be so strict and demanding. And because he didn't want any variance, no alteration. It had to be precise. But now that has been fulfilled. And God, he looks at us as the finished product, not as that which is being made. Zachary will tell you that when you're molding something, you have to be precise and cut and chisel and, 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 and you're working on it. Maybe the clay doesn't want to be manipulated that way in this resistance. But once the object is completed, there's no need for anything other than admiration and appreciation. I want to tell you this morning very clearly, very, very clearly, God is not the God of anger. He's the God of love. He's the God of mercy. Yet he is the God of such compassion that he will bring correction into our lives. But not because he's mad at us. Right. 
He said in his word, as any loving father brings correction to his son, so does he bring correction to us. So don't misinterpret correction for anger. See it for what it really is. And understand that in this day and age of revelation of God's glory, more than anything else in the world, He loves us. He cares for us. And He has pledged by His Word to take care of us in every facet of our lives. God is for us, not against us. Amen. So that, that was just the inspiration I received from that little chorus, you know, we're looking to eternity. There's none like you. And the Father says the same thing about us. There is none like you. He searched eternity and he can because he is. And he makes the declaration. You are the apple of his eye. The beat of his heart. The breath of his spirit. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just want to share with you this morning, just I say my intentions are anyway, that I'm going to be brief because uh, that's always my intention. But it's never my promise. <laughs> just a hope for. But I just feel this morning that I want to go back over some of the dynamic truths that God has brought revelation to in this house and restate them for, because my wife and I and some of the other elders were talking the other day. There are some of the things that we accept and we practice, and it's part of our being, our consciousness, and Sometimes we forget that there are some people who haven't gone through the same process of revelation, truth, and understanding. And, you know, we're looking at you wondering, why are you acting the way you have? And then it dawns on us, you know, they haven't had the benefit of hearing the word of God in its revelatory manner. Because one of the things that God has graced this church with for nearly 40 years is bringing us revelation truth, present day revelation truth. That doesn't mean that, we, that we're adding to the Bible. It's just that he's bringing illumination to the, to the truths that are contained in the word of God. And I believe that is the main function of the ministry. Not just to quote scripture, but to illuminate scripture 
so that it really becomes a light in our lives and we can see where we're going and understand what it is that God wants to do with us. So I, I just want to do a little bit of that this morning and I want you to turn your attention to the sec, uh, second God epistle to the Corinthian church. And I'd just like to start with chapter one. And let's begin reading in verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him has always been yes. Wow. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I hear people when they are invoking the blessings of God, add a little addendum to the end of that blessing, if it be your will. Well, let me tell you something. It is always God's will to bring and pour out his greatest blessing in every aspect of our lives. We may not understand what that, the manifestation of that blessing, the shape that that blessing will take, but the fact is, it is God's will to bless us. Yes, amen. amen. Yes, it is. God wants to bless, bless you. Every blessing in the word of God is ours. There are no restrictions. There is no no in God when it comes to his blessings. There's only a, there's only, there's only, there's only, come on, everyone. It's yes. But let's be honest with each other. How many times we know it in our knower, in our thinker, in our mind, but we don't see the practical reality in our lives. Keep reading. I want you to see something. The power that God has given to us to activate the yes in all of our circumstances. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so, through him, the amen is spoken. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus identifies himself as the amen. 
Amen. What does it mean? It means simply this. It means as it said it would be. So let it be. It is the adverb that we use by which we affirm that which was spoken. Jesus is the adverb of God affirming that which the word has spoken. So we have the amen of Christ. Declaring that what God has said is as it is. But there's a deeper message in this verse. And one that many Christians don't quite understand and therefore they don't really grasp. And because of that, they don't utilize it in their lives. And they go around with all kinds of negative attitudes and feelings of failure, disappointment, disillusionment. It's because they're waiting for the amen to speak to us from the clouds of glory. And he is. And sometimes we just think, well, you know, if you only knew my circumstances the way I know them, God, uh, you know, you know why I'm going through, I'm going through, I'm going through something that only I understand. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us, is spoken. I just misspoke that. <laughs> anybody, catch what, anybody catch what I just said, which is so wrong? This is what I said, and the amen is spoken to us, to the glory of God. That's not true. Not in this verse. The amen is not spoken to us. It is spoken by us. You want the manifestation of God's glory in every area of your life? Don't wait for it to come externally. Speak it in agreement with God. I recognize that every situation that I'm in, whether I like it or don't like it, is a situation that God has rehearsed in his mind and has determined that it is the best thing for me to go through at that specific time. Yes. And I say amen, God. Amen. I wrote something down this morning, and I want to read it to you. I think I did. Where is it? These are my notes today. Listen, I we make a little sign out of this one. My life is not a mess. I'm not a mess. I am 
a manifestation of God's glory. My life is not a mess. Even though I'm going through something that I don't enjoy, don't want, don't understand. My amen is that God is in control of my life and all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Yes. Yes. So my life is not a mess. It is a manifestation of God's grace. Now, does it become a reality to you? Are you waiting for God to seal it in your life by his word? He's waiting for you to say amen to his truth. What are you going to say when life takes a twist, turn, a downward spiral, so you think? How do you look at your circumstances? How do you evaluate your health? How do you view your bank account? How do you see your circumstances in life? How do you process and determine the relationships that you're in? Are you pleading for God to do something to change the situation? Or have you got confidence in the word of God and affirm it and declare it as your own by saying, amen, truly, so be it. God is in control of my life. My life is not a mess. It's a manifestation of God's glory. And all I have got to do is just wait for that manifestation to be shown to the entire world. Somebody say amen with me. We create our environment. Our environment is not created by external forces or powers. We created the environment, the added, what we're in. It's your attitude to your circumstances that determines whether or not it is good or bad. Terrible things can happen to you. And you can determine that it's terrible. And guess what? It's terrible. 
Or you can say amen to the promises of God and say, you know what? I don't like what's going on in my life right now. I don't understand why I'm going through it. But I know that God is in control of my life and I'm at peace. I, I, I have confidence in him. Even though everything around me is going wrong, I have that peace, that knowledge that he is in control of my life and he will not suffer me to be tempted above that which I'm able to bear. But God is faithful with every temptation. He will make a way of escape. In him, Paul writes to the Ephesians, we have been chosen. We have been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of his will for my life. Circumstances, situations, they don't work out God's purposes for me in my life. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. Everything in my life has been purposed by God. And I think one of the greatest experiences we're going to enjoy when we go over to be with the Lord forever is looking back over our lifespans and seeing situations and saying, wow, I thought that was terrible. Yet God allowed it to happen in my life because this is the result. We're going to look at things and say, Oh, man, I was so nervous. I was so afraid. And we're going to see how God purposed everything in our lives. Yes, that's good. Because he loves us. And he desires more than anything else to bring us to total fulfillment of the glory that he has established within us. Oh my God. Oh my God. And the key to enjoying all the blessings that God has promised us is just to say amen in every situation. I have confidence in God. Allow the word of God to speak through your mouth.
to speak in agreement with God's will, even when we don't understand it, or better yet, even when we don't like it. To say amen. Hebrews 4.12, and I leave you with this this morning, tells us that the word of the Lord is alive and active. It's not a book of ancient sayings and proverbs and wisdoms. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Dividing soul from spirit. And if there's anything that needs to happen in the church, we need to have the word of the Lord dividing our souls from our spirits. You know, sometimes we come into this soulish relationship with God that it's all based upon our soulish response, how we feel. But our relationship with God is by our spirits. Dividing asunder soulishness from spirituality. Dividing joints from marrow. Now, for years, I, I had a little problem with that. You know, hang mm, my joints and marrow. You know, but the, the analogy here is taking these battle swords that warriors were weld, and, and they were so sharp they cut right across, cut you in half. And Paul was using this analogy of a warrior sword. You know, when the word of the Lord comes, it's so sharp. It actually divides not only soul from spirit, but joint from marrow. And I'm thinking, well, the joints are the connective things of our bodies. But the marrow, the marrow, I'm sure you, you folks know this, that the marrow is the place where blood cells are reproduced. The life-giving element within us, the Reproduction of blood cells. And God's word penetrates even into that very core essence of life. To the very essence of life. And it judges the attitudes and thoughts of the heart. The next time you're confronted with a situation that you're not comfortable with, circumstance that might disappoint you, the reaction of someone towards you that may be unkind, critical, a failed expectation. Remember who you are. Remember the power that you have. You can look at that circumstances and live in that circumstance and situation and you can confess its power in your life. Or you can just stand up and say, Amen. 
I don't understand it. I don't like it. But I believe that God's promises are mine. Not yes and no, but always yes. And they become the activator in me by my amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. Prepare our hearts now to receive the Lord's Supper. Registers.